yes, it's coming in three, two, one. On the air with FDT TV, the premiere West Ham and Arsenal football podcast brought to you every Monday by Michael Hawes and Ian Vulcan. Hello and welcome to the FDT TV podcast. Um, as it said in the intro, my name is Ian and I'm joined by... I'm Mike. Um, and um, we are back. And if you are listening audio only, I do apologise. I uh, I had a spate of shitting the bed. Um, so uh, that didn't get uploaded uh, last week. So we just decided to miss it. Been as It's coming out today when I realised I hadn't done it. Uh, But anyway, Mike, (laughs) not much football's gone on apart from the AFCON, which is now finished. Uh, But but how you been? (laughs) Kind of the same as you, mate. Shitting myself to death. Um, Luckily, uh, I think, obviously, from looking at us now, we're both feeling a lot better. Um, The the transfer window was extremely disappointing. For in in more ways than one for for Arsenal fans, I think, and for West Ham fans as well. Um, some people got some good deals. We didn't get any deals apart from uh, some American kid who's we've bought. He's online for the rest of the season, and then next season is going to be shipped out online in Europe to further his progression, very much like a, a William Saliba type uh, deal. And then we may see him in possibly 2025, 20, <laughs> maybe, if we're lucky, if he's not sold before then. No, he'll go on a um, big contract then, you'll let him go on the free. <laughs> so. Yeah, yes. oh, the, the least said about that, the better. But um, yeah, a disappointed transfer window. Uh, well, oh, congratulations to, uh, I think it was Senegal yesterday. Was, for yeah. Winning the, um, the African Cup of Nations in a penalty shootout. I've got to say, some of those penalties were... A little bit questionable, uh, a bit unlucky as well I think, uh, for the guy that hit the post. I, I know they weren't the favourites. Uh, uh, who was? The, I was going to say Colombia. They're not in Afcon. Um, Cambodia, no, um, that's the same fucking country. Whoever were the favourites, Cameroon. Cameroon. That's it. The hosts were the favourites. But when you look at the squads, I think Senegal had the uh, had the best squad, regardless. Marne, oh, Mende. Uh, Koulibaly, Koulibaly. when you look at the top names across Europe, their their squad was filled with them. Um, Mm. Not saying that that the pundits got it wrong, there might have been some match fixing. (laughs) Yarmolenko, yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, But yeah, so so just very quickly, FA Cup, I said it would be a potential banana skin, and it was a potential banana skin because um, West Ham scraped through 2-1. We scored in. We we we. I don't want to say we like leaving it late, but we uh we scored in the ninety first minute and one hundred and twenty first minute. Uh, both blinding goals. I mean, are world beaters, but um, yeah, there is also a little thing going on uh, at the minute. Yarmolenko has been reprimanded about betting, and and not not many people have tied two and two together so he, he's been reprimanded for advertising in a betting company in Ukraine his homeland Ukraine and um yeah so so that's going to be investigated further um i don't know whether the number one bet is are we going to be invaded or not but that's that's <laughs> that's maybe for a different podcast to discuss um but uh, political. yeah political part we don't we just do football here but he, he also he also come out with one of the worst dives I've ever seen on a football pitch. Um, and 
penalty wasn't given for it, which is quite good because that's correct. But it does make me wonder if he's been advertised for bet- a, bet- a betting company, he's now in partnership with them and, and whatnot. Was there some sort of bet on that he would win a penalty during the game? Not saying there was, but wouldn't be stranger things have happened. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but we are through to the next round where we take on somebody else. And I, I was going to say who, but I cannot remember. Um, it's it's not um, it's not uh, the hardest of draws. It's not the easiest of draws, but it, it's a draw. I think it's Southampton away. Southampton away. That's correct. That's who we have got. Sorry. Just, I mean, a little brain fart over here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that, That's what the FA Cup does to you, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so we do have Premier League football back this week um, and we have some predictions to make. So, so Mike, before we make these predictions, can you give us a little mm. score update? Because I believe a little birdie tells me I'm still in the lead. No, uh, you're romping away, mate. You're Ooh. absolutely romping away. Like a good old so romp. going in, <laughs> going into this week, I need to pick up some serious points. I need some scores, correct scores. That's all I need. But I will take for you to have incorrect scores and incorrect results. So, uh, Ian, you are currently on thirty-seven points, and I'm Ooh. on thirty. I am straggling. Um, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit concerned, mate, because my glorious little FDT TV trophy. Two years on the bounce. I am. It's it's there's, in jeopardy, mate. There's a little space here. It, no, no, it's not happening. There's I'm a little space. You, mate, it can go right there. Look lovely. No, <laughs> not at all. It's not happening. Get over it. Um, um, so yes, uh, you are currently seven points in the lead. So I need to pick up some serious pointage over hmm. the next few weeks. Well, well, considering there's three games this week that we're going to predict, um, obviously. Let us know your predictions on Twitter or in the comment section below or wherever uh, you want to let us know your predictions. We always like a little uh, a little caveat to it. Um, but but if I get all of these wrong and you get all correct scores, you go in the lead by two points. Yep. So it's for those of you who, for those of you who don't know, it's very much like a normal football league. For a correct score, you get three points. For a correct result, you get one, and if it's incorrect, you get nothing. Um, but yeah, so the, sort of the very very first game is actually West Ham take on Watford tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, should, should I give you a little bit of a, a rundown on my thoughts on that Go game? So mm. Roy Hodgson uh, was the first Watford manager, I think, in forever to start a game by not losing and keeping a clean sheet uh, against Burnley, although Burnley are arguably one of the worst teams in the league at the moment. Um, I'm I'm f- I was fairly confident going into it, considering the FA Cup. But, but, but then the FA Cup happened, and we were diabolical. Antonio is <laughs> still not back from Jamaica um, duty, is my understanding. So that leaves us without a striker, and yeah. It it could be an interesting game. I think Watford could be there for the taking, but under a new manager, everyone seems to sort of have a little uplift, and they are Watford. Um, So, do you know what? We're at home. I'm I'm going to go two all. I don't think I don't think we're going to lose. Yeah, but both defenses are terrible, and I think Zuma's out injured again. um, From what I understand, not not for long term, but I think he'll miss this one. Okay, 
So you've gone for two all. I've gone for slightly different. Um, just listening to what you were saying about the the new manager bounce, we do see it quite frequently. Um, one of the games that we'll possibly come on to talk about, in fact, that we will come on to talk about a bit later on, um, has uh, a very prevalent of the uh, the new manager bounce. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm Roy Hodgson. I think he's a fantastic manager given the right squad. Um, I think he was... Possibly his time at Crystal Palace was... was he'd, he'd, run, he'd done all he could at Crystal Palace, um, but by no means did we think he was ever going to be done. It was only going to be a matter of time before um, he was kind of snapped up again before he actually retires, which mm-hmm. I don't think he ever will retire, if I'm being completely honest. Well, he's about 107 um, now, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah, at least, at least. Um, in fact, I think it was 107 when he took over at Crystal Palace. So, <laughs> uh, good, old, good old boy Hodgson. Um, I, th- I think he's going to be setting up, um, obviously knowing how well that West Ham have played this season and f- for, for last season or for majority of this season and a lot of last season. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult game for you guys. So I am going to go for a Watford 2-1 win. Ooh. Watford 2-1 yeah. a little bit of me is dreading that because it, it, it could happen and and that means that we're going in free fall and potentially could end up 10th if all the teams around us win their games in hand but let's not discuss that the next game Mike <laughs> is uh, Arsenal are travelling all the way up to Wolverhampton to take on Wolves of all people yes mm. yeah so uh, this is going to be our first game in uh, quite a while um, obviously, we've had the the two week winter break. Um, obviously, we had the the warm weather training out in Dubai. We've said goodbye to a, a few players, so we are now playing with a much reduced squad. We've cleared the deadwood, uh, and it's time to press on. We've got no cups to worry about now. Uh, obviously, going out to Nottingham Forest in the, the last round of the FA Cup. Um, we're not in the League Cup anymore after being knocked out by Liverpool. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> one game a week. Possibly two, depending on fixture congestion and miss fixtures and all that sort of business. But uh, yeah, with uh, Traore going uh, from Wolves, um, I know they're obviously not just a one-man team, but I know he he usually would cause us uh, a lot of problems with his speed and his uh, physicality. And uh, don't get me wrong, I think Wolves, again, are another team on their day that they can punish people. They've got some good goal scorers within their team. Um, but and the, one of the things that we are lacking at the moment is a, a consistent goal scorer. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned last week that Emil Smith Rowe is currently our highest goal scorer on eight goals. Yep. Um, who's had a little bit of injuries over the last few weeks or whatever. We said goodbye to Aubameyang um, in the last transfer window. You heard how disappointed I was on that um, on last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's now down to Lacazette, Nketia, and possibly uh, Martinelli playing up top. Uh, obviously, we're welcoming back uh, Pepe as well uh, from the, the African Cup of Nations. Mohamed Elneny should be back in time as well, but may get a little bit of breathing room. Uh, Thomas Partey will be back into the squad from his um, his suspension for the one... Uh, or straight red card... Uh, sorry, the two bookings against Burnley, I think it was. Yep. Uh, so we'll have him back. I think Xhaka's possibly got one more game 
left. So it'll probably be Partey and Samuel Conga in the midfield. Um, much uh, sorry, unchanged back four for me, unless we've uh, got any injuries. But I think this is going to be. I'm going to be very optimistic on this one. Uh, we are travelling away from home, which we do struggle from occasionally. But I'm going to put us down as a win on this one, and I'm going to go for two one to Arsenal. Is it interesting? It is interesting. I do think you hit now on the head there. You've not got a an out and out goal <clears throat> scorer, which is something you've you've not really struggled with over the years. You've always had a goal scorer as such, um, and usually defensively you're a little bit more vulnerable. But it's sort of it's flipped. Um, <sighs> Traore, although he, he seemed to do all right on his debut and he's unveiling where he could actually kick, do keep you up his, uh, for Barcelona, he's not been great for Wolves this season. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves, just to be different. Okay. Just I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. That could be a, a boring 0-0 draw, but I'm going to go for a... And 1-0 Wolves. I, I mean, I could be wrong, don't know. Um, and then last, but but certainly not least, the goal fest that I'm certain will be Leicester versus West Ham. Leicester have been abysmal this year. Um, West Ham, we've been all right. Uh, but I think the wheels are about to start coming off. Um, this, uh, this, uh, see, this is difficult because if you go on and, and beat Watford 3-0, you carry a little bit of confidence, don't you? If you get tonged, then you don't. Um, that's not <laughs> Mike Lowen, isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> if you get beaten, then you lose. Um, I think Leicester are struggling more than us at this current moment, as we speak right now. But they have to turn it around at some point. And I don't know if they're playing a game midweek or whether they've got a little bit of extra rest as well. I'm going to go... And I hate to say this, I'm going to go one nil Leicester. Okay. A part of me was going to go five four, but <clears throat> but I'm going to go no, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with one nil. Uh, just checking, see if they've got a midweek game. Well, I can't see that they have. No, I don't think they have. An extra bit of rest. See, this is the thing, right? Oh no. Go on. They've got Leicester. Leicester versus Liverpool. No, Leicester haven't got Leicester. Leicester have got Liverpool. What when? On Thursday. On Thursday 7.45. And this game is when? Sunday. Oh, okay. 1 all. Okay. I've changed it to 1 all. I want to be positive, but I can't. Okay. I'm I'm going along the same lines as you. In all honesty, that they have been a bit of a they're having a bit of a torrid season. Um, I I anticipate them getting absolutely spanked by Liverpool on on Thursday, and I think that's going to be kind of enough's enough. And I think we could be talking last chance saloon for Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Yeah, uh, if he doesn't start picking up results fairly soon, um, and I think. After a Tonkin against Liverpool, I think that could be the game where 
as you mentioned, the the wheels are, are come off for, for West Ham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go for two one to Leicester on that on that mm. one. I think if I think if he, <clears throat> if he doesn't win at least two out of the next three, I think he's probably gone. And I don't like to say that because I think less, the Leicester owners seem to be pretty sound, don't they, in sticking with owners, uh, managers and things like that. But, yep. but yeah, I think three, three results. Although, although, here's another thought, thought on that. Not too long ago, I know they won the Premier League and they've been up the right end of the table. They were championship fodder, weren't they, really? Not too long, in not too distant past. So should they be aiming mm-hmm. for top four or should they be aiming for top half of the table? See, it's, it's, that's one of those difficult ones, isn't it? Where they've they've kind of overachieved, um, I would say, in, in recent years, obviously, with the Premier League. They won the FA Cup and the Community Shield yeah. um, <clears throat> back in the last year and, the, and into this year. Um, so I think there is kind of like their ex- that expectation amongst m- some of their fans. I would say possibly the majority of their fans. Yeah, that they've they've got some outstanding players. Um, but you're right. I think maybe they are overachieved, or because they have overachieved, there there are, or there there is that level of expectancy yeah. amongst their fans. And let's let's be honest. I think for for the most part, over the last couple of years, they've been at least top eight um, for for a large portion of those seasons. And, yeah, I, I, I do think maybe that they are possibly overachieving. When you look at the teams that you've got around them, um, it, certainly within the top six, uh, as it stands at the moment, obviously you've got your Spurs, your Arsenals, West Ham's, Liverpool, Man City, Man United are obviously pushing as well. Um, I think there's it's going to be possibly. I think the top two, Man City and Liverpool, is going to be fought out amongst those two yep. uh, this season. Um, Chelsea, I I think they've had one or two bad results, which I think is going to take them out of the title race. Not impossible. But well, they've got their keeper back now, haven't they? So, I, but I I just think the the damage for that has already been done when you look at the the position of the other two teams. Yep. Um, but. I think this is possibly going to be one of the tightest top six. Yeah. Well, uh, two, uh, sorry, from three, three to three to six. I think it's going to be one of the tightest ones that we've seen in a long while. I think it could go. I think it could go to eight, three to eight. I think could be within five points at the end of the season. Because mm. you, yeah, you got your traditional top six, haven't you? Then you got West Ham in there. And then theoretically, you got Leicester in there, and then because you think we were we were sitting third. And if the teams around us win their games in hand, we'll go down to 10th. Brighton are still kicking around up there. Um, I think Wolves are in the top 10. So it's all it's all very quite close, but... Hmm. Yes, interesting. But, that being said, there is a new manager in the league. Not Roy Hodgson. Frank Lampard got announced. Um, I have to say he did very well in his first game in charge. Everton looked revitalised, trying to play some sort of fast attacking football. But there is one man throughout his career that they has been compared to, and vice versa. That man is Steven Gerrard. So the question is, well, it's no longer who was the better midfielder. The question is, Who's the better manager? 
And some people will say it's difficult to say because they're still both early in their careers. But let's put it this way. I'm going to give you some statistics, Mike, and and then, then maybe you can give me some thoughts. So one manager has managed 235 games. The other... I've just got rid of the statistic. Give me a moment. <laughs> I've just deleted it. Uh, it has managed 142. Which manager is what? I'm going to go for the 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 200 odd is Frank Lampard. The 142, I think you said, is Stephen Gerrard. Uh, no, that's the other way around. 142, Frank Lampard, 200 odd. For uh, for old Gerard, but really, yeah, and oh, right. Alex is, is that taking into account the the under of um, this is taking into account every yeah every game they've managed. So what 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 I'll do is I'll run through some statistics quick. Who do you want first, Gerard or Lampard? Uh, we'll go with Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard. Okay, <laughs> so Stephen Gerrard started his career at Liverpool. Uh, playing for the under-18s and he progressed from there. No, he, uh, he did start for the under-18s uh, where he took over. I didn't put the dates in stupidly enough. I should have done. But he was in charge there for a total of 10 months and 30 days. Um, he managed 24 matches in total, uh, winning 1.71 points per game. He then took over Liverpool FC YL which is the UEFA under-19s cup thing, in, at the same time. So after two months of being in the under-18s, he took over that. Uh, so so few, in realistic timelines, he was in charge of that for eight months and 30 days. But they only played eight matches. Um, and he won 2.25 games point, points per game. So that was his youth thing. Then Rangers came a-calling. And he was there for three years, five months and nine days, which seems a little bit mad, really. In that time, he managed them for 192 matches, winning 2.15 points per game. And I have put in here, so he's a two for, well, I'll get into that in a bit. He came second, second, and ended an undefeated season in first. And then he did a little bit, obviously, of this season. And then he's moved to Aston Villa. And he's been in charge currently two months and 26 days. He's had 11 matches and won 1.45 points per game. So there's some statistics on him. Um, we'll, I'll go through everything. So, so in terms of transfers, and what these transfers are, is, is going to be a big number. But that's also counting... What what it counts is arrivals, and essentially I couldn't be bothered to sift through every player and see who was already at the club because if a, if a player returns from loan, it counts as a transfer in. Uh, so in his time at, in management, Stephen Gerrard has brought into clubs eighty three players. So some of them will be free transfers, some of them will be loans from other clubs, some will be loans returning to that club, and obviously others are transfers. Out of 83, how many do you think held a transfer fee? I'm um, judging by that look on your face, I think it's going to be very small. Uh, possibly, so 83 players, you said, yeah? Yes, 83. 
So are you looking for the number of players that have had transfer fee or the value of the transfers? No, let's let's do let's do the number of players with a transfer fee. Eight. Ooh. Not far. Fourteen. Fourteen players he paid for with a fee. Uh and that fee was it higher or lower than fifty million? Lower. It was lower. It was thirty-one million two hundred and eighty-six thousand seven hundred pounds, according to reported transfer fees. So we'll get on. We'll get on to it. We'll play a little game with their highest transfer price for a player. But we'll we'll move on to to Frank Lampard. So Frank Lampard started off at Derby or Derby as it's pronounced. Uh, he was there for one year and two days. He managed fifty-seven matches, averaged one point. Six free points per game and finished sixth in the championship. That season, Dig did get all the way to Wembley and he lost in the playoff final. Mm-hmm. Now, there is something to be said. He left at that point, and Mel Morris, who runs Derby, said, We're in dire straits. If we'd got made it to the Premier League, we would have been all right. But that was the point where the wheels were coming off and their financial things were really apparent. Um, so I think he did quite well considering those restrictions were still there, but from internal, the club, not external. Chelsea then came a calling. He was there for a total of one year, six months and 21 days. He managed 84 matches, 1.75 points per game. He finished fourth in his first season. Uh, and that was the season that they'd lost Eden Hazard and had a transfer ban. And in his mm-hmm. second season, he did get sacked partway through when they were ninth, but Chelsea did go on to finish fourth. Um, and then he's had a year out, and now he's gone to Everton. He's been in charge for a week. He's played one match and averaged three points per game. So. He's good, he is. He is. Um, so so Gerard has brought in 83 players. So the same same rules apply. Loans in, transfers in, free transfers and players returning from loan. Has Lampard brought in more or less players? I'm going to go for more, just based on the fact that Chelsea have got a much larger uh, academy system and... They're always sending people out. I think they must have about 30 or people out on loan yeah. so, each season. So I'm so going to go Lampard. This is what I thought before when I was doing my research. But but I think it turns out that obviously if they're going into the under-23s team or the under-19s team, it doesn't count as them returning on loan to the first team. But Lampard has brought in a total of 81. So two players less. Only 10 with a transfer fee. And how much do you think those 10 have accumulated to? According to reported fees. Just trying to think who who would have gone during that time. It's not um, it's, it's not on that this is just this is just spent. This is how much they've spent over three clubs. I reckon possibly about 220 million. Ooh, not far off. 235 million, 62,000. So. Because didn't, didn't they break the, the budget for 
two two key. Uh, sorry, wasn't it around about the same sort of time that Allison joined Liverpool and oh, who was it? Was it Kepa joined Kepa, Chelsea? Kepa joined under Sarri. Oh, okay. But That's not but but the next game, Mike, is is who is the highest transfer that they've made? So I can give you some clues as to what it is. So we'll start off with Steven Gerrard. Um, all I will say is he bought an Englishman while he was at Rangers. Who was that player? He's showing you your knowledge of Scottish football now. Um, Jermaine Defoe. No, I can give you a, I can give you a position. Left wing. Love the sound effect. No. Uh, it was Ryan Kent. Oh, okay. Uh, so some people were thinking he was going to bring him back to Aston Villa with him. Do you know what? I don't even know. Let me let me load up my soundpad so I know what it is. Um, so, um, how much did he buy him for, Mike? Did he buy him for more or less than fifteen million pounds? Less. Was it more or less than ten million pounds? Less. And was it more or less than five million pounds? Less, I think. Was it Wrong. One of those. Oh. <laughs> it was six point four eight million, which I think is quite a big transfer for Scotland, if I'm honest. Uh, hmm. But yeah, that's his record signing thus far. Obviously, Bolton called Coutinho, but that's only on loan, so there isn't a big fee associated with that. On the other hand, Frank Lampard at Chelsea bought in a few players, and he bought in. A German who has played up front, has played on Tony the wing, Cruz. and has Tony Cruz, and has played in the midfield. Who is that player? Tony Cruz plays for Real Madrid. <laughs> who's, the one, who's the one I'm thinking of? Don't know, mate. Blonde, blonde guy. Timo Werner. Uh, yeah, him. Uh, no, incorrect. Different German. Oh. <laughs> Good um, guess. Good guess. He was the second highest at forty million pounds. If you know the answer, put it in the comment section. <laughs> the the answer, Mike, is Kai, Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. The young yes. twenty one midfielder year old midfielder, the highest uh, transfer fee that he has brought in. Now the question is, Mike, was it more or less than a hundred million pounds? And this is in total with add-ons. Less. It, 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 it is less. Is it oh, with, more with, with, with add-ons? Yeah, it is less than a hundred million. Is it more or less than eighty million pounds? More. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I'm doing sound effects. There's sound effects there. Uh, it was actually £72 million. Pounds. And I got that one right. But that's because it's in front of me. But yeah, so it's £72 million. Pounds. So there is a, there is a stark uh, difference. But obviously, 
Chelsea having a, a transfer ban, they were always going to go and spend big. Doesn't matter who the manager was, they they've spent big under Tuchel as well. Um, so I, I think that was that was his downfall at, at Chelsea. He did very well with the youngsters, and then sort of these other players who weren't used to the physicalities of the Premier League didn't quite work out and were sort of shoehorned into that squad. Um, but who's a better manager? Do you want one more statistic? So, what I've done is I've looked on the coefficients for every league, and they, there is a league table you can find it, and there's algorithms as to how the coefficients are made. And this, then, yeah, I won't get into that because it's boring as shit. Uh, but Derby uh, are eleventh in the world rankings of league football. They play in the eleventh hardest league. Uh, Chelsea play in the first, obviously the hardest league, and so do Everton. Now, Gerard, the first two teams he managed, the under-18s, they're not in there. They're not even classed as a proper league. He then went to Rangers, which is 19th. It's the 19th hardest league, and then he's only just gone into the first hardest league, or the hardest league. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that does come into my thoughts a little bit as to who's mm. done the better job. But, yeah, go on, give us your thoughts. Who, who's done the better job? Now, now you've had some statistics, and we've had a little game. Who's... Uh, Who's the better manager, Mike? We need answers. <clears throat> I th- I th- to be honest, I, th- I think this is going to be a very much kind of like their England career um, or, their, or their professional playing career, shall I say, where you're trying to, trying to compare both players, couldn't fit them both into an England system that would work in World Cups and, and all that sort of stuff. Um I, th- I think it's going to be very much six to one, half a dozen of the other. It's, it's going to be so hard to call them. Um, you could say on one one side that the the job he's done at Rangers, Rangers were a club that were in a bit of dire straits. Obviously, they started to improve um, just before he he got got the manager's job, but they wanted someone with. Um, kind of, I suppose that elite mentality and managed to, to win them the, the league. So it's the first time they've done it, I think, in about twenty odd years or something stupid. And to do it the whole season undefeated as well—that's no mean task, mm-hmm. especially with the likes of uh, Celtic as well. Um, but <clears throat> as you mentioned, it's the the nineteenth hardest league, and there's really, I'd say, possibly two only two, three, or four teams within the Scottish league. Uh, that you would really have to kind of compete, including themselves, so compete against three other teams in order to to win that league. Um, but then, obviously, you look at the job that he's doing at Aston Villa, and he's doing a pretty good job. Yep. Um, whereas you look at Frank Lampard, Derby, I think they were quite unfortunate to um, to get eliminated on the the final of the playoffs. Or not eliminated, but to lose that final. Um, but maybe it, it was kind of a blessing in, in disguise for Frank Lampard, obviously because because that opportunity come up at Chelsea. Yep, it was his. Uh, it was his club. Let's let's be honest. I know he obviously was at uh, West Ham and, and his younger days, but let's be honest. He he's yes, Chelsea. He, you're Tony you're Tony Adams of Chelsea world, wasn't he? Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Um. So, but looking. He did an average job, and I think that was one of the reasons why he got the sack is because he was doing an average job. And 
is still early days into his Everton career. And to be honest, I think it's a brilliant fit for them. Yeah. Um, obviously, made a couple of signings on um, on deadline day, uh, and I, it's going to be one of those ones that you just kind of need to need to watch out for. I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, that Everton will be challenging with Frank Lampard at the helm. But then again, I don't expect Aston Villa to be challenging. Um, with Steven Gerrard at the, at the helm. I think Everton will be safe this season now. I think um, Frank Lampard will go in and uh, steady the ship, uh, stop the rot, if you like. Um, obviously, with the, the first win under his belt at the weekend, which is brilliant news. What way to start off your managerial career? But is this just a new manager bounce? But likewise, we are starting to see players come back from injury at Everton as well, which I think... They're players that have been sorely missed over the last few weeks slash months. Yeah, um, I'm waffling because I don't know the answers to that question. Well, it's 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 a very difficult. It's, well, one it's, to it's an opinionated question, isn't it? Really, and, mm. and and here's my opinion, if if you'd like it, is I've run, well actually no, let's 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 precursor it. I did run a poll. It's still ongoing, but Lampard is in in the lead by a hundred percent on Twitter at this moment. And I think a number of it does go down to some points you've hit. Um, Rangers play in, say, what's known as a, a two-team league. Um, it still took him three seasons to overcome a Celtic side who are arguably the worst that they've been in 30 years. He's taken, you know, he did, So he's done all right, but he's taken over at Aston Villa. And he's doing all right. But he's faced no adversity in his career. Uh, and I think getting things wrong and losing, you learn a lot from. Uh, I think mm. a lot of managers will attest to that. Where Lampard, he, I think, overachieved at Derby, or getting him to a playoff final. Um, at Chelsea, he went in, was told, OK, you, you've got to compete at the highest level with the best clubs in the world in your second season in management. So that's hard enough. Oh, by the way, the best player in Europe at this moment has left um, and you can't replace him and you can't bring anyone in. And a number of other senior players left at that time as well. Um, mm. And he brought in a load of youth through the academy and I think overachieved with them, if I'm honest, to finish fourth. There were some ropey, there were some ropey games in there. There were some good games in there. Second season, he, as I said, he brought in all these players, but I think, he, I'm not saying they were all his players, but there were players coming in regardless whether he wanted to sign or not because they needed some, some sort of marquee names. Mm-hmm. And I think that went against him a little bit because some of those rope, ropey results won't stand when you spent £200 million. It, just, it doesn't flow yeah. like that. Um, and then he got sacked. And obviously, it's not unusual. You've seen some of the best managers in the world be sacked at Chelsea after winning stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he was given the same amount of time as Ollie, would he have won more more things? I think he probably would have. Um, but but he's he's gone away. He's regrouped. He's whatnot, and he's come back. So, at this moment, I'm going to say Lampard is the better manager because he's 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 managed more games in tougher leagues than Gerard has. Uh, when mm-hmm. you look at it, if you look at in in the top, let's take the top 15 leagues of, of, of the, the world coefficient, 
Gerard's managed 11 matches in them. All of Frank Lampard's 192, whatever I said it was, uh, 142, are in the top 15. Well, actually, they're in the top 11 hardest leagues to manage in, in the world. Um, but yeah, I think because of that adversity that he's faced throughout his career, as I say, the, the transfer ban, the being sacked, the having to come back from it, I think that that makes him, or potentially gives him, gives him the potential to be a better manager than Gerard at the moment, because he, sh- he should. If he does, if he hasn't learned from those mistakes and, and, and improved on bits and pieces, then it would turn out that he's a shambles, and Ger- Gerard <laughs> Gerard will then go on to be the better manager. Um, but I think, yeah, as it stands, he, he has to be just because of the the the, the level that he's managed at, um, and and the adversity that he's faced while doing so. That's that's my opinion. Mm. What I'd be interested to know is is our viewers. I'll put a little poll on the uh, on the podcast audio. So so if you're on Spotify, then then get in there. Let us know who you think is the uh, the better manager. Um, but yeah. It's a, it's a difficult one. I think potentially they, they both have the ability to go on and become great managers as well as they were players. Um, no doubt Lampard was a better player. More goals, more assists, more everything um, than Gerard. Trophies. Yeah, exactly. Gerard, Gerard beat West Ham in an FA Cup final after a, a message about fucking the attendance. So... And he claims he claims that's his favourite goal ever. It's like, well, no wonder why. I think that was one of like, three trophies you won in your career. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not that I'm bitter. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think I think he has the ability to go on a, a match, if not surpass Lampard. There's there's no doubt that that is potential. That potential's there. Um, but yeah, that's that's my opinion for what he's worth. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think that was um, very, very comprehensive. I, I really enjoyed that. It was good. Very good. Well, then on that note, we'll leave this week's podcast here. We, we, it will be up on everywhere you consume your podcasts. If you want the video version, it is on YouTube. Go and subscribe, FDT-TV. Uh, big, look for the big yellow cup. If not, we'll see you next week. Well, we won't see you, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Bye. Thanks very much.